Welcome to Living a Sex Positive Life, where we can guarantee the topic will be about sex. We'll talk about the good and the bad, the health and healing benefits, the adventures, the relationships, as well as the crimes and the tragedies. Our mission is to educate, entertain, and just talk about that touchy subject that affects us all, sex. Now here's your host, Angelique Luna. Good evening, everyone. Welcome. I'm here with my host and co-host, uh, John C. Luna. Greetings, everyone. Yes, and we're super excited because this is our first repeat guest. Yay! Coming back all the way from episode 11. 11, yeah. Now we're on episode 30. 30. Can you believe it? I know, and it's like, oh, thanks to Amberly. Welcome back, Amberly. Hello, hello, hello. Let's give them the updated bio now. Amberly Rothfield, a 12-year veteran of the phone sex domination industry and now radio show host of the All Pleasure Networks, A View from the Top, yay, is is now releasing her book entitled How I Made $10,000 a Month as a Phone Sex Operator. Feature columnist of the All Pleasure Network monthly adult industry magazine. Her goal is to spread a positive view on all things kinky. Welcome back. Hi. Hi, guys. You've been a busy little beaver there. I I have. I have. And I want to thank you guys again for um, meeting me and the family when you came to Las Vegas. That was incredible. Oh my god, we had so much fun, and your boys are super, super adorable. Oh, thank you. They had a great time. They had a great time. Um, and I also wanted to thank you guys because if it wasn't for your show, I, I wouldn't have. What I did was I messaged like a whole bunch of people and asked them if they wanted me to be a guest. And out of the whole bunch of people, I got a handful back that came and said yes. And you guys were the first ones. So you helped give me the encouragement to continue knocking on doors. And I honestly wouldn't have my radio show now if it wasn't for you guys. Oh, thank, thank you. you. I'm glad we're changing lives. <laughs> we're making a difference. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I thank you. The pay it forward method. Is it pay it forward? Pay it forward. Yeah, there you yes, go. It is. It's always pay it forward. And that's, you know, that's what this whole show is about. It's like paying it forward, giving everyone, you know, the encouragement to talk about human sexuality and sex is a good thing. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's a, it's a very, very good thing. Yes. You've made a good <laughs> career out of that. A book of $10,000 a month. Tell us um, when it's yeah. printed. I keep getting pushed back by Amazon, and if they push back one more time, then I'm just going to go with Barnes & Nobles because they had no problem with it. I was going to ex- uh, put it exclusively on Amazon, but they keep coming back saying that it's, it's dirty, dirty content we're talking about, um, which is interesting. But I'm hoping no later than Wednesday uh, this coming week, which I believe, if I pull up my calendar, is the 19th, so a week from now. A week oh. from now. Awesome. Definitely. Well, at least from when we're recording this. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Send us the link and everything so we can promote it there and let people buy it and purchase it. So spread the good word that, hey, you make more money being a phone sex operator than a nine-to-five job. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a lot. Like, I've actually – it's so funny. I've had so many girls come up to me. They're like, you know, I'm, I'm tired of being a manager at McDonald's. I've been there for 10 years. And in two to three weeks, I have them quitting their job, and that makes me feel fantastic. So, that's that's awesome. 
<laughs> Plus, they're doing something that they really like. Like a lot, of, most of the times, it's not someone who's like, "Yeah, I'm against this." They're like, "Oh, I could do this. Oh, this is fun." <laughs> <laughs> you have that magic touch of encouraging the positive side of life. <laughs> Some would say the negative. No, I'm kidding. No, it is the positive. It is the positive. Yeah, it depends on who you talk to. Yeah, because I, I had that. I uh, went to a blog her conference, and it was kind of funny because there was a bunch of sex bloggers, and we all hanged out together, and we found the non-sex positive people or just people who talk about anything because we had Vagisil who's kicking off their vagina, uh, what do you call it, um, marketing promo so basically wanting people to make salt videos and say the word vagina because a lot of people can't say the word without just feeling gross about it and one of our friends was sitting at a table that we're like oh i can't believe they're talking about such a disgusting word and i'm like oh my god <laughs> she was like texting was like where are you i need to find you i'm like okay sure no problem i'm like i'm away <laughs> yes no pro i was just like it's just vagina it's not like we're saying anything really dirty, dirty and this is yeah and, and this is vagisil who's trying to tell you how to clean your vagina so it's a health yeah. issue not even a sex issue but exactly. that's... <laughs> yeah we... I, can't, I can't believe that i never thought of someone thinking it's vagina is a dirty word i mean dick's not a dirty word or penis or well probably these same people would think those are dirty words too so oh. <laughs> yeah like i guess that, that 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 blows my mind oh like, yeah that's just that is like the least dirty word in my repertoire, my daily repertoire. So, uh, agree. That's why we were like freaking out. We're like, really? They freaked out over a vagina. They're like, yes, I had to run away as quickly as possible. I mean, I'm like so sorry. <laughs> you can come over here with us. We talk dirty. It's okay. Yes, <laughs> and we encourage it. <laughs> yeah, and we encourage it. We don't get offended. You'll be fine right over here. <laughs> that's that's insane. That is absolutely insane. I can't imagine someone. Well, heaven forbid they ever hear any of my like voice clips or samples that I have floating around out there. Just blow their mind. That's that's bad. They they, they need some Carlin in their life. They need some George Carlin in their life. Everyone needs everyone. Some George Carlin. <laughs> Everybody in their life. needs rest. God rest his soul. Yes, everyone needs George Carlin. I cried. I cried when he died. I was like, no, no. <laughs> And didn't he do like com comedy shows till the day he died? Yep. I'm pretty sure he yeah. Did. Yeah. I think even um, two days or three days, but I know it was up recently up to when he passed away because everyone's like, "But I just saw him." It was like, yeah. It, it well, he he died again. It was at least ten years ago, right? Oh, I think even longer. So yeah. It was before the internet where we get the moment. You know, George Carlin died five minutes ago. It it just came out in the news later on. But it was George Carlin who got me and Sam Kinison. <gasps> Kinison. Oh, jinx. Yeah, no, Kinison got me too. These that are, was sad. It was. And these were two people that I have to say mastered the word fuck. Mm -hmm. Like they made an art <laughs> out of saying fuck over and over in so many different ways. And that just. Again, brought so so much humor to so many people. I, I get. I never thought of it that way, but I get that because Carlin, Carlin's the one who taught me that fuck is the appropriate word for everything. Like yes. if you're mad, angry, sad, happy, it is a great word. Um. <laughs> it's the Swiss Army knife of of the of the English language. 
It is. It is. I wish that it was like more socially acceptable to say it because it's just so it's just it's like the cherry. It's on top of my Sunday of vocabulary. Anywho. <laughs> well, I think he did do a skit on that where he's like, look at it. It's a verb. It's a noun. It's an adjective. <laughs> I think. He, oh, my God. I remember that skit. I do. It was on Netflix. Uh, that that show. Oh, I forget what show it was. It was the one where he opens it up and he just does this. I'm on uppers. I'm on downers. Like he's doing this like rap thing and he's just, it's wordplay. And I was like, this is beautiful. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, he died in 2008. So that doesn't, It doesn't feel like it's been it, 10 years. Yeah, but yeah, it's but, been nine years. Nine years. Yeah. The pain, the pain is still fresh in my heart. Oh, I think in all of ours, yeah. Because <laughs> I so miss the Sam Kennison just going red and yelling and screaming to make people understand. And we oh. got to remember, Sam Kennison started off as a reverend. What? Oh, yes! yes! You didn't know that? Oh, oh, no. Teach me. Teach me, senpai. He, I haven't what? seen any, again, this is before social media. It's so before there were internet. Any clips, there's nothing. But yeah. Sam Kennison was a... I don't I don't know which version of Christianity. I mean, whether it was Baptist or Methodist or but he he, he was a a out west preaching reverend and uh I don't know the exact story. I just know at some point he completely turned around his life. Uh what ended obviously. up obviously <laughs> uh turned into a comedian, ended up in oh what was that? Back to school as mm-hmm. Rodney Dangerfield's teacher which completely blew his popularity. And uh, wow, you know, he he made a living out of yelling at people. Yes, a Pentecostal preacher. He was wow. Pentecostal. I'm done. I quit. I quit. <laughs> that is <laughs> awesome. Well, I also make a living out of yelling at people, but in a different way. I, oh. I'm like Sam. I'm like Sam. I'm on my way. Yes, there you go. <laughs> You're right there, and they enjoy it, and they come back for sermons after sermons with you. <laughs> oh, oh no, no. <laughs> it's a oh, different I kind of it. preaching. So yeah, kind of, I think it's a better kind of preaching. <laughs> oh Lord, that is great. Oh, that's that is. <laughs> I'm the Sam Kinison of <laughs> of phone sex. <laughs> That is great. I'm so happy in this moment. <laughs> so tell us about your uh, show. Uh, yes, yes. Sorry, sorry. Got lost in the moment of Carla and Kennison. Um, so my show is, it, it just started, and I'm not going to lie, I've, I've never done radio before. Like, it's one thing to do 10-minute fetish-based MP3s, and it's one thing to talk to a guy for two to three hours. It's another thing to be like, what would multiple people want to listen to at one time? That's not necessarily me going through a fantasy. <laughs> and it was so, it was so funny when the network approached me, they're like, you know, you're a phone sex operator. You're used to talking. You could easily do radio. And your column has been like doing amazing. Blah, blah, blah. We want to put you on the radio. And I'm like, okay, sure. This should be easy. I can fill an hour and a half. It's not as easy as you would think when you're by yourself, but um, basically I've been doing, well, starting to do interviews. I haven't put the interviews out yet, but I'm going to start after, I'm going to have you guys be the first one because I wanted to wait for you guys to be the first one. Oh, thank you. Honor. (laughs) No problem. 
you gave me my first interview, so I thought it would only be appropriate to reciprocate. Uh, but I have recorded other interviews with other cam girls. I originally started with the name of you from the top because I am a dom and um, I'm not against subs. I love subs. Love them to death. Someone's got to serve me. Um, but I just have never identified as being a sub before. I've done a couple scenes and I'm like, eh, not my, not my bag. Not dogging on it. Just wasn't my bag. So um, I was like, well, I don't want to sit here and come off as a snob because that's one thing I don't like about um, the domination community is there's quite a few doms who are like, I can't talk to subs. I refuse to look at stuff from the other side. And I disagree with that. So I decided to start bringing on other people that are subs, that are switches, that are also doms, that have no idea what the hell we're talking about. And to just kind of like pick their brains when it comes to BDSM and give my input as a dom. So it gives a view from the top, uh, a, few, a view from the top being at top, but it also gives the other side. That way people can have more normalized conversations about BDSM rather than being like, I am a goddess. A hundred percent of the time. <laughs> why, why, why doesn't this McDonald's worker understand that? And give me the Big Mac for free. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I can see how that could be slightly delusional. Just you a think? bit. Maybe. I think I'm over-exaggerating, too. I've heard stories. I've witnessed stuff where I'm just like, deep breaths and walk away. <laughs> Well, I like being dominant just as much as, as the next guy, um, probably more actually, but um, <laughs> there's effort required for that. And I, and I, I can't see me saying I want to do that 24-7. Sometimes exactly. you, you just sometimes, want to turn it off. Sometimes I want to just go get my my mail from my box. I just want to do that. Without looking at a glaring at some random guy and being like, why are you looking at me, peasant? No, no. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not what I want to do today. <laughs> I want to be the peasant. I want to just do peasant things. <laughs> exactly. You know, I just, I don't, and I, I get it that that's just some people want to live it as a lifestyle, but, and I live it for a lifestyle for the most part, but again, like. Sometimes I want to tie my own damn shoe. <laughs> so I, I, that's that's what I built my show around. What is the stuff in the BDSM community that makes me cringe that I would like to put a different spin on, if you will, if it makes any sense? No, absolutely, though, because we do need a little bit of a spin and not same constant you know, conversations that we have with the BDSM community. It's like there should be some diversity on what's available out there in different perspectives. I mean, it's not seeing the same story one way. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I'm, I'm not complaining. When I say the community, I'm talking more of the online community because I have done some real-time stuff, but I've done way more um, online stuff. And in the online community, there seems to be like this disconnect between your online persona and, for example, I'll tell a story. And I'm not going to mention names because I don't want to shame anybody. But on Night Flirt, if you click on someone's payment mail, 
you will get on their customer list, which means they can then send you a mass message or an individual message. And because I put freebies on my page, a lot of people click on it that are also flirts. So they're also taking phone calls. And I send out mass mails about three to four times a week. So I get this one dom on there who sends me a message back and she's like, why the fuck are you so desperate? You're sending me your paid mails. So I politely messaged her back and I was like, well, you, it seems you clicked on one of my free mails. You became a customer of my customer of mine. I don't sort my customers. <laughs> um, I just don't have time for that. And uh, that's why you got a paid mail. So she comes back and mind you, I have 17,000 feedback. You get feedback by people giving you five stars and by, I think it's like every 15 minutes you get two points, something like that. But I have over 17,000 at this point. I think I'm at 18 now, but whatever. She then sends me back saying, you're just an Insta dom. You don't know what you're doing and you need to stop sending desperate messages to girls like me. I look at her page and she has like a hundred feedback, which isn't bad, <laughs> but I'm like Insta. Like I just popped up over. Why are we talking to Why are you? You clicked on my, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And you could actually unsubscribe too. So if you don't like my shit, unsubscribe. Yeah, exactly. I'm not asking for money from you. I'm just sending out a mass mail to everybody and you could block me as easily as you're, I guess you're asking me to block you. People have asked me to, you know, take them off the list before. And it's not a big deal. But it's those type of people that can't step out of the persona that they've built that I kind of want to open the eyes of. And by do, and the only way to do that, I think, is to buy, have different opinions and show that doms and subs can talk to each other um, in a civil way as well as switches and other doms. So, anywho, oh, that great. was my long-winded exp explanation of my show. <laughs> and occasionally it seems like you get the, 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 the dom method actor getting upset at those, but... Oh, is that... Yeah, that's... You know what? That might be a better way to explain that story. Dom method actor. Yeah, just... You are the Heath Ledger of the domination world. Maybe I shouldn't use Heath Ledger since he's passed on. Who's another? Jim Carrey, is, isn't he a big method actor? Ooh, ooh, uh, Val Kilmer. No, Val no, Kilmer. no, even better. Uh, Christian Bale. <gasps> Chris, yes. You are the, I'm going to start telling people that you are the Christian Bale of, of domination. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, because he goes really deep into the method acting. And he, like, <laughs> changes his body weight and everything. He really goes overboard. I think for one of his roles, not the machinist, because that's where he lost all the weight, uh -huh. but it was the one where it was, he went and lived with like in squalor in India for one of his roles for like six months uh -huh. just above and beyond, which is fascinating to me, but I don't know if I have that kind of dedication to much of anything in my life. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go live in squalor in India. I just can't see myself completely changing my life just to immerse myself into like a character period. A character that you're going to play for maybe two to three months. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, the movies do last forever. Because the movies I, do last. Yeah. I did recently, uh, I feel what we were watching, but they brought up scenes of Christian Bale in, um, Newsies. I totally forgot he was in Newsies. It was Newsies. But then they jumped over to, um, oh, what's the one where he plays a serial killer? Oh, American Psycho. Oh, American yeah. Psycho. 
and, was a good one. But they showed the newsy clip and then went straight to American Psycho where he's walking around talking about Huey Lewis in the news brandishing an axe. And I'm like, oh, that was just a bad transition. <laughs> that Wow. Wow. No one... No one caught that flaw in editing? No. Nope. No. Um, maybe it was put there on purpose. Uh, that's a scary thought. Wow. But yeah, method acting. I'm going to start. You, you think I'm kidding. I'm going to start using that. I like that. Method acting. Well, I understand getting into a scene, whether it's in real person or online. It's like getting mm-hmm. sex. You get emotionally and physically involved in it obviously your 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 breath changes your you you get into it so sometimes it's hard to go ahead and get out of it quickly which i can get Uh, i i can get but you know eventually to continue that on to where i'm now on the computer looking at emails you got to shut it off at some point exactly exactly i've actually had a lot of um because i started doing um I've met with a couple of my, since I live out here in Las Vegas, I've met with a couple of my long-term clients whenever they're on, you know, they're going to a convention and I'll go out and meet with them like Starbucks or something. And they're like, wow, you're actually pretty chill in real life. I'm like, I know it's when I, when I don't need to flog you, I'm actually really chill. (laughs) It's you, you have to know when to shut it off. Again, you can't treat your mailman the same way you would treat your sissy. I mean, you can, but you you might start not getting your packages. And I really <laughs> like I really like my Amazon, so I'm not gonna fuck with them. <laughs> you know, just recently we watched a few mockumentaries. Uh, what was one called? Superstar. Oh, Pop Star. Pop Star. And then Tour de Pharmacy. I like Tour de Pharmacy over Pop Star. So now I love mockumentaries because they take a concept and just completely make ridiculous assumptions out of it mm-hmm. um i think we need a, a dominant mockumentary because yes. bdsm although being serious it's something that needs to be it you need to laugh it's okay to laugh because sometimes things happen in a scene you're there you're flogging you accidentally put you know pull too far back and you hit the entire rack and next thing you know all your <laughs> toys sound like dishes falling down and the entire you know room and dungeon comes to a complete stop and looks at you that, it's something you got to laugh at so we, we we need to laugh even even at bdsm and definitely at sex but to do a mockumentary on that the obsessed dom like walking out to her mailbox and be like postman neil i would <laughs> that, <laughs> That is, yeah, I need that as a mock- mockumentary. I really do. Because there's some people that take, um, I met a girl recently. She approached me because she said, you're a lifestyle dom. Tell me about it. And when I'm telling her about it, she's like, that's not how I envisioned it. And I was like, well, what did you envision? And she's like, I-, I just thought like, you just walk down the street and you're like mean to all the guys, but you know what you're doing. So like guys submit to you. <gasps> Holy cow, talk about bad perspective. Like... And the the reason why she had this perspective is she got on the bus one day and she saw this girl and she like held the bus doors open even though they're automatic for her husband and she dusted the seat off so that he could sit down and she sat on the outside and she brushed his hair off of his shoulders. Uh, he basically didn't have to move. He was like, go in the bag and get me my magazine. Go in the bag, get me my phone. 
and some people had some nasty things to say and the wife was just like well I just love my husband and apparently he was rather nasty to the bus driver when um, she didn't stop perfectly at the the bus stop and then he his wife went up to the bus driver and was like I'm very sorry he's really picky and that was her only impression of what the BDSM world was like because that is it's it's living like that so now it 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 can be I mean I'm sure I'm I'm sure it can be that way but that sounded more like a master slave kind of situation on a 24 7 but even if it's a master slave that can be like a planned scene like a fantasy I want to go out in public and I want you to display your 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 submission I want you to, to be the slave the chances are, as far as everything I've ever encountered, that probably is not their life 24-7, or he's a hell of an asshole and a probably abusive. Exactly. exactly. Well, I, I wasn't there, so I can't say. The way she described it, he didn't seem abusive, because it just seemed so outlandish. That it was like that was probably what you said a public scene because I've done public scenes before too. I have taken some of my foot pets out to Nordstroms and I will sit down and they have to crawl on their knees uh, while wearing the dog collar and have to unleash them and then they have to crawl on their knees to get the shoe that I want and then to go ask the um, cashier for the shoe in my size and so on and so forth. But it's a scene and it's about public embarrassment there's also um, a really popular or something that's growing really popular called cash meets where a guy gives a girl money at a public location so it's all safe he basically it's like an atm drop he drops off money and occasionally um they'll request for humiliation like you'll be like you're such a loser think uh you're such a loser for just dropping me off money like this so on so forth you, you get the idea but it's a planned public scene and but that's it it's it, it is that it's a scene it's not that's not life that that's not real life for me <laughs> that's not day-to-day life rather it's real life because it happens but it's not like that's i don't just wake up in the morning and go to starbucks and some guy looks at me and goes she's a dom let me let me go withdraw a hundred dollars and drop it off and, and if you <laughs> and if you do just walk down the street and guys throw money at you I, I don't know. Psychic powers, maybe? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that is it's, some Marvel stuff right there. No, Twilight Zone. We'll go Twilight Zone. <laughs> What's your superpower? Guys throw money at me. Like, yeah, that would be a pretty good one. <laughs> but then they think, oh, that's just stripper job. <laughs> yes, but they they do have to work for it. The strippers? The sh- yeah, stripper. strippers do. Okay, yeah. you're right. Yeah, the strippers do have to work. So this is just your superpowers. Anytime, guys just throw money at me. Gotcha. I told I told her I'm I'm gorgeous, but I'm not that pretty that I can just walk down the street and just get no. no. People don't randomly hand me money. Well, people again take take their ideas or at least their initial ideas from what they see in their in their life, which is TV. And as much as I like CSI as a show, they did do an episode once, um, and it was people behaving like animals, sort of that primal uh, thing, and they would serve the master. But of course, the guy was a a millionaire and had this huge mansion, and there were like 40 all-gorgeous women painted and dressed up as cats and pets around there. And I'm like, no, no, that's... 
no. Realistically, it's one guy and that girl's his wife and maybe another one that's his girlfriend. And they get to do it on a Saturday night because they've dropped the kids off at the in-laws <laughs> for a little while. Exactly. Exactly. People don't realize this. People don't. Oh, I'm so scared that people are going to think there's billionaires that just have lots of girls dressed up as cats. Uh, unfortunately, That's... there is. <laughs> I don't know how I many, mean, though. Maybe. Wait, yeah, we don't know how many, but I have attended in the past. We're talking like 20 years ago that they do crazy shit because they had money. And yeah, so it does exist. It's just well, a matter of getting... seven. Like, yeah. They're just they're kitties. Yeah. Wow. So, so they're like Hugh Hefner, but they don't collect. They collect girls that Hugh Hefner would collect, but they just dress them as kitties. Yes, or pets, or whatever exotic personalities they choose, because there's something out there. Even with clowns, or um... oh, no, nope, nope. No. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> nope, Mm-mm. nope, that doesn't happen, and I refuse to accept that it might. You know, you're not the first person, and we're on this boat, though. Um, We have had guests who are into clown play, and we are definitely not. I I, I totally, I totally, oh, I can be friends with them, but I totally blame it. Yeah, Stephen King's it. It ruined our freaking generation, and now they're going to remake it. I don't know if you heard it. So they're going to ruin the next generation. Clowns won't exist anymore <laughs> after they screw two generations with it. Oh, my God. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. Okay, Las Vegas, next time you guys come in Tonopah, which is 20 minutes to the north, there is this really creepy hotel where someone, um, they made a hotel and it's full of clowns everywhere. Then there is a actual graveyard right outside the side of this hotel yeah sorry continue with your creepy i have friends that are into clowns and they they must be creepy people story no 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 they're they're, they're not creepy people i'm st- i'm still processing <laughs> you know graveyards and clowns together and hotels yeah. and hotel man that's screwed yeah. up <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm not going anywhere near there because God forbid what stories I may hear. I'm like, no. I'll go there during the day and I'm not staying. I'm just, and with people. I need many people around because. No, I I could just tell you right now because I I did tell you I was a psychic medium, right? That I'm a sensitive. No. Yes. Yes. No. So for me to go there, I, I. yeah, it would be a little intense. I mean, I did the Queen Mary, and that was pretty crazy intense there too. So yeah. Oh my gosh, I I don't I that would that is a superpower I've never wanted. I thought I've always thought of it as a curse. <laughs> Not saying you're cursed. I just if I had it, it would I would feel like a curse. It sometimes it can be, you know, especially when you're walking and you look to your left and it's modern day your present time and you look over to your right and it's the past acting like in a movie so it's like literally like how you see in the movie like one the split screen that's how i see things so wow my spiritual side is always on my right side so anything happens if you if you ever see me like touch my right ear and nothing else is going on is usually because uh, i have my spirits talking or someone's talking so yeah oh 
that's 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 a little much for me. <laughs> I, w- I went to the Sorrel Weed House in Savannah and had some experiences. And after that, I've been like, nope, avoid it all. Avoid it all at all costs. <laughs> Not playing with it. I actually was really mean. I was really mean. I was uh, dating this white guy at the time. And in the the slave quarters, because I'm, I'm half white, half black for any potential listeners that may not know. And I didn't believe in any of this. It was all hoo hockey to me. Like, no, there's no supernatural. People are crazy. So I go to the slave quarters. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm about to regret ever thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> I go down to the slave quarters and they're like, we really don't like it when white people go in there because there's always problems. And this woman's face like, I was like, you're a really great actor. Looking back now, hindsight being 2020, no, she was terrified that this white boy was going to go in that room. So he would go in the room. And I sit on this bench in the far wall. And I was like, yo, ghosts. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like part house Negro. Sure. Um, and I've got this white guy here. And you guys could totally take your revenge out on him because he's white. And he probably did something to you. Or not him, his ancestors. All of a sudden, this guy, agnostic as all get out, doesn't believe in anything either, bolts. And he was like, there was something in that room. And I was like, there's infrared cameras. There was nothing in that room. He's like, there was something in that room. And it was trying to fight me. And I was like, you're, you're crazy. So we continue on with the tour. And then there's like this lady just rapid firing pictures. It's pitch black. And from behind us and there was no one behind us it was a wall we hear someone go i do not like her and in a in an accent that was not like modern day it was not a modern day accent at all and we both look at each other and i was like oh my god there was something in that room and you're not crazy <laughs> so nope i'm done i'm done with supernatural anywho oh my god that that's crazy yeah yeah, yeah. No, no, I, 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 I yeah, no, I, I have no choice. I've been doing this since the age of 18 and I'm 41. <sighs> so, yeah, I thought, you were, I thought you were younger than me, truth be told. <laughs> truth be told, no, that's, that, that, that's my curse to always look like a baby. <laughs> and everyone I, I thinks like I'm just a cradle robber. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm okay, I'm okay with. I just kind of I play into it now. I'm like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you look young too, though. You don't look. Young. I'm 43. Yeah, you don't look your age at all. You look like I could easily. You could easily say that you're like maybe 10 years younger, like 32, and people be like, I'm not gonna argue. You could probably pass for late 20s, and they'd be like, good genes. He must have good genes. They'd start questioning well, then, but they'd still be okay with it. We try to eat healthy. We do go to the gym. We try try, try to do that. And by no means am I an Adonis. But it is really funny. Sometimes we go into a club and they always will card Angelique. And they've gotten oh. to the point where they look over at me and I, I have my card, you know, my ID out. And the one time I actually got the, oh no, sweetie, you're good. And I looked <gasps> up and I'm like, Look at the fucking ID. Just look at it. <laughs> and I don't think the girl knew what to say. <laughs> Bless her heart. <laughs> that is great. That is, that's, that's great. <laughs> I would have told her to look at the ID too. I haven't gotten that yet, but 
I did have a hairdresser one time tell me, I was like, yeah, I don't feel like I really have that many gray hairs. And she's like, oh, you do. And I'm like, do you? <laughs> you don't like tips. You don't. You don't like them. It's like okay. I'm not going to insult you and give you one. Um, I did give her a tip, but still. <laughs> you always, yeah. as anyone in the service industry, anyone who deals with people, you got to play up your customers. You, you, you have to. It makes life easier. It makes it fun. Indeed. I think it does too. But, but that crazy. It was, I can't believe she was like, yeah, yeah. I would have been like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, have you ever thought of getting your hair dyed a fun color? Highlights? I would have used that to like mask the, I, but I honestly don't care about my gray, grays. I actually am really excited because I have the silvery, really pretty, shiny gray hair my grandmother had i thought that was pretty so anywho random talk wow we just we go all over the place don't we yes, <laughs> you guys we need do. to stop being interesting stop it <laughs> well you know that that way people are like "Ooh, this sounds interesting and i guess the sex talk is probably good too <laughs> the sex talk's better um <laughs> it always is for both of us for both of us i'm sure you guys have crazy stories like when you came to Vegas. I remember my jaw being on the floor a little bit. I was like, like the octopus story. I still tell people <laughs> that. I love the octopus story. Have you said that on on your show? Uh, we 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 haven't. So I'm going to go ahead and explain this. Yes, one. explain the <laughs> octopus story. That's a good one. <laughs> we had gone out to an event in it was north of Tampa, and it was put on by FPE. For those of you out there who who know who that mm. is. I don't think it was FP. It was the Leather Association, the Florida, Florida Leather, Leather Association. Association. Okay. Yeah. My apologies. Um, and what they had basically was a rent a dom, and it was done for charity. In which case, you can make a donation, whatever, ten, twenty bucks, and for fifteen minutes or thirty minutes, whatever uh, it was for the different ones, they would, you know, flog you. You could get the violet wand on you, uh, just just to experience new stuff. And Angelique very much loves fire cupping i'm looking for someone to teach me this so she goes and she gets fire cup and this guy was an artist because it wasn't just putting the the fire in the cups he was running the fire up and down your back Mm -hmm. he was he was an artist with this Uh, at the current time uh being italian and unwaxed currently fire cupping was not an option for me fire was an (laughs) option but anyway we did the fire cupping and one thing you'll know uh, is fire cupping became a little bit more mainstream and popular by Olympic swimmers getting it done because it, it does come uh, from an old uh, Chinese practice of, I guess they say, removing the toxins out of your body. But what it does leave you with is a whole bunch of round, um, what would you call them, red marks? Red marks, yeah, kind of like suction marks because the, the cups. Because the cups pull your skin into their little glass cups. Uh, think of a shot glass side, a little bigger than a shot glass, but it looks more like a uh, fishbowl. And um, it does leave these these marks. So we come home, and we have a daughter, and she's 16. And I look over, and I get that devilish idea in my mind, which sometimes happens with me. As a parent, we have <laughs> as, our as rights. As a parent, yes. And as a teacher, um, but mostly as a parent. And I say, just just go with this. So we get, well, where were you guys, where were you guys tonight? I said, you wouldn't believe it. We went to the beach <laughs> and mom got attacked by a fucking octopus. And the look was perfect. What? What? 
yeah, take a look. And and she uh, lifted up her shirt. And, of course, there's these huge marks going up your back. <laughs> oh, my God, Mom. Are you okay? Yeah. I said, you got to be careful when you go in the beach. You know, these <laughs> things are out there. We're, we're playing it, but we're trying to keep a straight face. I don't know how you managed to keep a straight face. Oh, you learn. <laughs> That is the best story ever. I literally tell it to like, I, I, I give credit. I don't try to take it as my story, but like, it's the best story ever. It is so awesome. Well, we appreciate the retelling of our stories. It, it only elevates us, whether you give credit or not. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> that is a great story. It's literally, literally the best. I have octopus, octopus. Eventually, we did have to tell her, and uh, yeah, I, I got a bruised shoulder for that one. I, I tend to be my, my, my daughter's punching bag at times. <laughs> no, I think it was one of her friends who kind of like, are you serious? Do you not know that? Her friend busted us up. That's what happened. Yeah. <gasps> and we had to admit, no, it, it wasn't an octopus. That's saddening. I would have been like, no, it was an octopus, I promise. No, no, well, okay. as much as I love... To, to play with my daughter uh and, and yeah i do love that i don't want her going out to my friends and like i couldn't imagine like what if one of her friends got the fire cupping done at like you know a spa or something and all of a sudden mm-hmm. she came out and she puts on a bathing suit and my daughter's like holy fucking shit my mom got attacked by an octopus too i don't want to put <laughs> i wouldn't want to put her through that kind of um shame social shame yeah at that point we keep it in the house so it's just there's a a a restaurant out here that has like women as um swimming around as mermaids and my niece when she came out here we go to this restaurant and she goes back home to texas and she's telling all her friends that mermaids are real she saw them she saw a mermaid like they swim (laughs) under there because they have like hidden places in the coral where the women can like breathe in oxygen and breathe out the carbon dioxide so they can stay underwater for long periods. And my, my, my niece, like she would not let it go. The teacher tried to explain it to her. My, my sister tried to explain it to her. Like it, it took her coming back out the next summer to Las Vegas and meeting one and seeing her take off the fin to be like, Oh, it's a costume. <laughs> She's convinced they were mermaids. And she's telling everyone in school that it was her. So I get that. I get that. Because the the, kids are picking. Right, because there is a town here called Wichiwachi that that's their claim to fame is the mermaids at Wichiwachi. (gasps) We knocked them off? Probably because, yeah, they've been around for over 60 years. They were like the original tourist attraction before Disney. I I know, yeah. it's, It's again, it's more towards the west coast of Florida. But I know, um, I think it's an Elvis movie. I know it's like a 60s mm-hmm. uh, uh, music, musical type movie around that realm of it. And there are, again, the mermaids. And that, that is the witchy-watchy is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. Dang you, Las Vegas ripping off other people. <laughs> like that's anything new. No, it's not. It's Las Vegas. <laughs> exactly. So the convention, when you were out here, what what I haven't got to hear too terrible much about how how it went after we met. 
Oh yeah, ASAC went very well. Um, like when I first got there, yes, I was scared shitless because everyone had like you know x amount of letters after their name. I'm like, uh, I don't have that much. I just have experience and knowledge, but no uh, LCD, LC, LS, whatever you know, kind of deal. <laughs> all those uh, acronyms afterwards but it was very informative it was really fun got to meet a lot of people uh swap information get data so yeah it, it was a high level uh sex education so because it was primarily mostly therapists and counselors few sex educators which that's where i would fall under but mm -hmm. yeah it, it was a lot of information so yeah after my two my tour of two weeks my brain was completely dead like that monday of fourth of july i'm like i'm done i don't want to do anything i don't want to think i don't want to even look at a laptop i don't want to think anything just leave <laughs> me alone i want to be a hermit oh that sounds like it was a lot of, i i'm so jealous i literally never known of kink therapy before you uh -huh. It opened my eyes to a ton. Of, actually, I'm considering going back and getting my degree in it, like kind of following in your footsteps, because I don't know if there's a lot of people who are in the BDSM realm that actually go that route. No, it's um, it's starting to grow. And um, the King Therapy Certification Institute, where I'm getting my certification, is the first of its kind. And it is, um, you can get CEU credits for that. So if you're like a therapist, a counselor, and you need continuing education credits, that will provide it there. And you can go as a coach because you wouldn't need all the licensing as a therapist because of the insurance. So there, it, it is uh. kind of like a gray area just due to the fact if you become a therapist, you have to get your license and be insured. And the downfall with that is that you're limited in your public areas of play, especially if you have clients. Now versus an, an educator or a coach, the rules are not as strict, so you're still able to play. So that's why I still stick to coach and educator because I still like my play in public. Got you. Got you. Mm -hmm. If I, I might just go get the certification just to say, Hey, look, mm -hmm. I did smart stuff. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and it's lived, mm -hmm. yeah. continue. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, because it's also, it was very highly respected at the ASAC because it follows the Gottman Institute. And Gottman Institute is one of the number one uh, resources that a relationship therapist do follow because they have 30 years of data of couples and relationships and how they handle the conflicts, the dramas, the situations, and analyze what makes a successful marriage. All their research is heteronormative couples. Like the Kink Therapy Certification Institute follows the Gottman Institute, but it's alternative lifestyles research that we have for 10 years. So, got you. That makes it even wow. That makes it all the more interesting for me because, it, ironically, a lot of the calls that I get are these, and I even get some women, but it's mainly men who, mm, not to out anyway, so I'm going to try and change some some aspects but for example I had a guy call me up he's like I've been with my girlfriend we lived together for 14 years we're basically like a married couple but I've been seeing a dom and my girlfriend is not kinky whatsoever we've tried she's not into it but I feel like this is it's unfulfilling 
and he was at a complete loss and he had been to therapy uh, to a couple of different therapists and they all told him stop seeing your dom stop your kinky stuff mm-hmm. you know wearing panties is bad you shouldn't be doing this psyche this psyche that and i told him i'm not going to tell you to leave someone I'm not going to tell you to, to leave a relationship. And we had this real moment. It wasn't just him calling a dom. Um, but at the end of the conversation, I told him, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to tell you that if you drop your 15-year relationship for a dom to live in with her, know that BDSM relationships kind of have an expiration date in that regard. Uh-huh. Like, if you're, like, married to the person you do kink with, not so much. But someone who has a live-in and tends to have people cycling in and out, like, who's going to be there when you're 70? But at the same time, if you stay in this relationship and you're feeling extremely unfulfilled and you're only there because you love this person as a person and nothing more, you're going to continue feeling this way and it's not going to get any better. So you've got to do some soul searching, but neither one's necessarily bad. It depends on you. And he's like, oh my God, like, how could you... How come all these therapists are saying that? I'm like, are those therapists into kink? Like, have uh-huh. they, have, have, do they have this experience? Are they, and after, because of you, I asked him, are they certified kink therapists? Have they, have they done any research into this? And he goes, no, they just sum, summarily, I can never say that word. They just dismiss it completely. Uh-huh. Like, it's just bad. It's just bad. You shouldn't want to put on perfume, wear a wig, and Dr. Frankenfurt yourself. Nope shouldn't do it right so anywho (laughs) yeah no and that that's why i love about this program because it teaches you how to resolve a lot of those issues and how to work through them with your clients and we have Mm -hmm. resources on doing that that you know we encourage what their lifestyle choices are but we're teaching them how to better manage and handle the communication aspects, their desires and insecurities. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, 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 I've long since wondered because he's not the first person to come to me and say, I've gone to therapy, but it's not working. Mm -hmm. And I've gone to therapy and what they're saying, just I'm, I'm trying as hard as I can, but they're, they're asking me to do the impossible. And I've I've always felt like they're I've always felt that the BDSM community and psychology and psychiatry have mm-hmm. always kind of been at odds with each other until mm-hmm. until you honestly. I haven't been against it because the stuff they teach is true to a sense, but it doesn't I felt like it didn't take us into account. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah, no, no, it totally makes sense. Um, that's why uh, Patty Evans, who is the creator and director of uh, the King Therapy Certification Institute, created this because what happened was one of her clients, because she is a um, the King Therapist of the world here, because she has clients all over, uh, had a client that basically went to a, a regular therapist who had some grieving issues and she needed to grieve her dom that she was part of a triad and because she was a part of a triad and it was the dom that she was grieving the therapist that she called up she said oh i'm sorry you're too fucked up i can't help you and yeah wow yeah so a polyamory triad with a dom passing away did not help 
her situation. So that's why she created this to get more professionals up to par and ready to help, you know, the kink community. Because even do we choose a different sex lifestyle, alternative lifestyle, whichever it is, we still need mental health therapy or we do need some mental health support, whether it's a coach or a therapist or an educator. We, we need somebody to help us out or guide us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think um, not to like bring everything back to me, but I know a lot of guys tell, have told me that phone sex has kind of filled that void for them till now. Mm-hmm. But, and I love my people. I love my people. That scares me as well because we're not qualified. And what I'm saying, we as a general overarching, are there some therapists that I know of who actually do phone sex just kind of on the low? Um, absolutely. But again, the average person is not going to be qualified to take on this. Um, mm-hmm. I've talked to some girls who, when guys call them, I can tell if someone's calling me up for a kinky scene, like, Oh, um, you know, I need someone to talk to tell that you can hear that they're super excited and that this is a scene, you know, they, they want me to be the naughty therapist who talks them into doing something naughty and bad, you know, the bad therapist fantasy. Um, I can tell if it's that, or I can tell if it's someone who's just like this, this is my last resort. And my fear is someone who couldn't tell the difference? Could you imagine someone oh, who couldn't yeah. tell the difference? Oh, that could be awful. Mm-hmm. It, it's more traumatizing than it was before the call. Basically, basically, and you're paying for this, so you're you're paying for this person to give you such advice. So I'm I'm glad that they don't have to have that. Well, um, I'm going to chime in with a story. Uh, I was talking to someone who couldn't find any kink aware therapist. And went to a regular therapist, and the biggest complaint she had was constantly, as she's explaining stuff, she's like, look, I'm paying for an hour, and 30 minutes of it is me explaining to her and trying to get her to understand not just the terminology, but, but the effect and how, how, it, you know, how, how things work. Now, in defense for the industry, psychiatrists, therapists, coaches are trained for the people out there, and... Right now, kink is definitely coming much more to the surface, and we are seeing mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Institute um, to do training on that. But if you think about it, 40 years ago, if we go back to the 70s or 60s, and you went to see a psychiatrist, and you were a part of the LGBT community, there was probably a chance that you'd get someone who'd say, well, can you try not to be gay? Which is you know, is ludicrous to hear now, but it wasn't an issue or it wasn't trained for 40 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. um, I'm going to go ahead and use my sissy's experience, but my sissy, he, well, he's not my sissy, but he's a sissy that I speak to to frequently. I wouldn't say I'm his dom, but we just, I feel like we're more friends because I guess I understand him and I put it, I put stuff in a perspective without pushing him one way or another, but him, for example, He's literally heard, can you try not dressing up as a woman? It's, it's, it's the exact same rhetoric, the exact same rhetoric. And I, I tell people all the time, if this is something, because phone sex, and this is something I actually covered in my book, is that clients are on binges and purges. They binge because this feels naughty and it is something that they enjoy. 
but they purge because they usually they're married. They don't want their wives to find out and they try to, they feel so guilty because of the way society set up that they get rid of it. I'm never going back to that dirty, kinky stuff. Never. I don't want to be a cuck anymore. And then three months later, they come right back. And sometimes it's actually, it's kind of similar to binging and purging as, um, is it, oh, what's the eating disorder where they binge and purge? Uh, bulimic. Yeah, bulimia. Bulimia. Yeah, it's a it's a lot like bulimia where it actually can get worse each round. And I feel like that wouldn't be such a thing. Um, and some people tell me this is heresy coming from phone sex industry because, I mean, it's all about you're it's an industry. So you're making money. But essentially, someone will go from spending maybe 20 bucks a month on their kink to spending two to three grand a month on their kink just because they're binging and purging. And they wouldn't have to if there was more, re- if they knew of more resources, if that makes any sense. Well, yeah, if it was more accepted, if they felt comfortable to talk to their wife about it or their girlfriend mm-hmm. or, or even their boyfriend. This is not a gender thing. I do run into women. Mm hmm who are more kinky and are like, well, I don't want to freak out my husband. I, I get it too. I have lots of girlfriends. Uh, lots of my girlfriends are like, you know, I want to be, I want to be choked. Not, not like choked to death, but you, you know, yeah, um, the fun choking. Be, yes. <laughs> yeah. The fun choking. Um, I want to be spanked. I want to be treated like a dirty whore, but every time I bring it up, like he just looks at me like, like I'm crazy. Like why would I want to degrade myself like that? They don't get it. They don't get that I read Fifty Shades of Grey. Horrible reference, but this is what they read. So I'm just going with the mainstream. But they're like, you know, I identified with this in some way, and I don't know how to bring it up. And I, I just tell them, just bring it up. It's better to bring it up and have them look at you sideways than it is to continue leading a double life. Or even having an affair or just ruining the relationship, period, there. But, yeah, no, there's a, a lot more resources. Like I said, say a- ASAC, there was, um, out of 700 attendees, a good 30 of them were kink-aware, friendly um, therapists, counselors, sex educators. So it, 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 there is quite a bit growing out there, Um ASAC is not, has an official certification for kink, but they do have um, like people like the Kink Therapy Certification Institute to get the you know credits needed to be ASAC certified there, and it is growing. And I th- I want to say Tristan Terramino has a list for kink uh, aware um, professionals for people to find. And it covers everything from therapists, counselors, educators, to even lawyers, doctors, professionals who are aware of uh, the kink therapy or kink community. Sorry. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I did not. Um, I didn't know that there was an official list floating around. I'll look that up and I'll, I'll list it in part of my resources. Yeah, definitely. I know I have to get on that list. And there's also the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. They have a list too um, in regards to for kink aware or alternative lifestyles too. And we're uh, kink therapists. Are... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can always replay on the National podcast. National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. Freedom. Yep. Wow. 
Yep, and they're a non-for-profit organization that does do a lot of fighting with legislations in regards to our First Amendment rights. Interesting. So you probably might want to be a business member for them. It's $100 a year, and you do need to provide at least one fundraiser a year for the organization. I'm more than willing. Yeah. More than willing. That oh. is amazing. <laughs> Although, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, I love that we can mix BDSM and services, you know, with raising money. And my mind still just, keep, you know, for, for charity. You know, for such good causes. And my mind still goes back to the first time I, I heard the uh, Rent-A-Dom for charity. And my ears just went up on the, say, say that again? <laughs> well, you pay someone that will give the money to charity and they will get to, you know, flog you or, or, or you know, play with fire or do stuff. And I'm like, oh, I've so met my people. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, because you guys have actually opened my eyes a lot, too, Um this is another thing I'm trying to dispel. A lot of phone sex operators are wives and um, stay-at-home moms, single moms, you know, so on and so forth. A lot of them, and there's some men mixed in there too, but it's it's predominantly women, and they feel like there's no resources. So like I have a story about um, a woman who lost her 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 son because she was a stripper in Oklahoma because Oklahoma has really strict like. Um, I guess sex worker laws or whatever and she didn't feel like she had resources like if she would have known if I probably if I was in that situation I would have googled and found organizations I just haven't needed to find them as of yet uh, she, but she had felt like she had no recourse because the, it, the adult world seems so pocketed off and closed off from everything else like no one wants to touch or help anyone who's in it and that's one of the reasons I find this community to be so close in helping each other. Um, yeah. There's a book out. We had her actually on the show, Lola Dev- uh, Devine. Yes, the, the, 50, the, the 50s, 1950s dressing. No, actually, no, 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 no. It's a different one. Lola oh Devine, um, her book is actually coming out. The physical book's coming out next week. It's Thriving um, in Sex Work. And it's a great self-help book that I keep forgetting to send my review into her because it could apply to everybody. It tells how to deal with finances, how to save, how to deal with emotional stress, how to detach yourself emotionally from your clients so that way you're not emotionally drained. Um, Self-care, it's a great self-help book that I think... That is amazing. It could apply to everybody, but definitely she wrote it based on her life story and experiences and advices that she wished someone would have given her as a sex worker. Please give me her details. I would love to, if if not get her on my show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I will definitely send you the link from our podcast I, and yeah, she's all over I Twitter. I, I probably... downloaded all of yours. I just haven't listened to all of them yet. I make sure to download them as soon as they come out. Cause I'm like, oh, need to be on my that. iPod. No, no problem. I appreciate you. Because <laughs> your, your podcasts are so interesting. But yeah, I download them, but I have to wade through st- work. You get it. It's, mm-hmm. it's been hectic. Lately. Life happens. Life happens. <laughs> yes. You know, I would like to believe that there's someone out there listening who thinks we stop broadcasting, walk out the door, and there's our harem of uh, uh, subs and slaves 
to cook for us and take care of our uh, every need. But no, we, we actually live in a very normal suburban um, outskirts of Orlando neighborhood. And uh, let's see, tomorrow I'll be teaching a class. And um, I'm sure somewhere in there will be some vacuuming and dusting because <laughs> uh, I won't want to do it over the weekend. So no, it's, it's, it's normal lives. Yeah, we we still haven't been at celebrity status that we could get a uh, serving submissive to come in and take care of the household for us. <laughs> I've actually had guys offer that for me, but I'm so like type A about where my shit is that I don't know. Like I've had maids before, like paid maids come to my house before, and I'm just like, you've got to You're lovely. You're a lovely person, but you have to go away. <laughs> This well, is not going to work, and it's not your fault. I'm crazy. I find when someone comes into my house, um, cleaning's one thing, but most people confuse that with organizing. Because I have things organized the way I want, which means this pile of papers that just looks like crap is actually my taxes for the next coming year, and it's yeah. arranged in the right order, and please don't touch it or move it. So when people come to clean, not that they do often, but if people did come to clean, I'm okay with like have at it at the bathroom. I really hate cleaning the bathroom. You can do it, make spotless, go do whatever you want. I, I'll find my hairspray. It's no big deal. And if I <laughs> if it's not there, I'll just buy a new one. It's no big deal. But you know, doing stuff like your laundry, or or, or you know dusting and j- just general cleaning, you get up, you got work in thirty minutes. You run in, you go to where your shoes normally are, and they're not there. Like that 10 minutes you're wasting looking for your shoes. Because you can't do nothing without them. Or worse is off, your car keys. Never move them. That's a sin. That's a sin. That is a, you should not be working in the cleaning people's house industry sin. That's a sin. That that is right. That is a sin. I think so. I think it should be. (laughs) Oh, my God. I had, um, gosh. I, I hope she never hears. I hope everyone in the world hears your podcast except her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it sounds juicy. Continue. <laughs> I had this is when this is where I was like, I feel the same way about maids and maid services as I do about clowns after this woman, and she came in and my my house. Why was. I came back in and everything was rearranged. She's like, and she told me the reason why she had to do it. She had to do it because she has OCD. And oh, God. <laughs> the way I organized things really bothered her. And she couldn't continue working for me if the house was arranged in such a way. So I told her, that's okay. You don't work for me anymore. But <laughs> Wow. Wow. I, well, I, you can't tell me you have OCD and you're going to keep rearranging my house. You can't, you can't. Well, you can. You absolutely can, but you're not. I will dismiss you very politely, very professionally, but I will dismiss you. I couldn't believe it. Like, I spent the next month undoing what she did because I just didn't have the amount of I didn't have eight hours to sit down and dedicate to fixing the house. So I just basically kind of fixed it over time as need be, but it drove me nuts every day I opened up the door. Every day I opened up my door and I was just like, I hate it here. (laughs) (laughs) Look, 
I have enough <laughs> incidents where I put something away and I forget where it is. And then I have to spend months looking for it. And then, of course, you know, four or five months later, you, you, you go open up a drawer and look in a sock drawer. You're like, holy crap, I've been looking for that forever. Imagine <laughs> if, if someone else did it. That, that's, a hard, that's a fear. That is a real fear. Well, you already have that fear with me and the child, so it's like no big deal. <laughs> oh, that was the worst experience ever, though. And I, I sat there. I've never had to fake being nice so hard <laughs> I, and not be paid for it <laughs> exactly exactly I'm, not, I'm not, actually i'm not good at that i have stories about that too like that's actually where i discovered i was more of a dominant personality um my first phone sex job was for a company and at this company you couldn't turn down a call if someone called in and no matter what they wanted to talk about i mean there were certain topics we couldn't do you know like children stuff and whatnot um but you they could you could even they call in and want you to be a chihuahua and you would have to bark and i was just these calls where they were like either topping from the bottom like they're pretending to be a sub and they're topping from the bottom well i guess it's not pretending but topping from the bottom or other calls where they're just like degrading me i i would i would just be like mm-hmm yeah i'm a bitch i'm a slutty hoe <laughs> fuck me daddy please you don't, you don't sound like you're into this i'm not <laughs> literally over time like at first i i gave it the college try but like over time i'm just like i, I got to the point where i started fucking with guys to try and like get them off the phone like it became a game to try and get rid of their boner and then <laughs> I grew up. I grew up. Like, I, once I hit, like, 19, 20, I was like, okay, they're paying for a service. I shouldn't be such an effervescent bitch to them. Like, they're paying for this, and they're going to pay for talking to me. So I, I might as well try. So I started trying a little bit harder. And, you know, I did get into the call, but, but not, like, mentally. Like, I, I gave them what they wanted. They were happy, but it wasn't my best work. And that's when I discovered I could work for myself and set my own terms. And as soon as I discovered that, I bounced. But, yeah, no, there are a couple calls where I'm like, mm -hmm. actually, I, I'm not going to lie. To this day, I still kind of do it because I very clearly lay out the type of calls that I do. So if a guy calls me up and he's like, oh, baby, yeah, I want to fuck your pussy. I'm like, do you? Well, I want to fuck you in the ass with my strap on. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, anywho, that's don't don't call me if you didn't read my page is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> don't walk into the shoe store and ask me to, to put tires on your car. Just... <laughs> Yeah, read the disclaimer. It's like I always tell that to people. It's like, did you not read what you're getting into? It's like unbelievable. But speaking of bad reading and going back to the charity, there was oh, actually a, chair, a furry convention that does, okay. you know, give to charity. And this woman for Pets for Vets was a volunteer and literally did not realize it was a furry convention there. Oh, and she had her little table and booth there to, you know, promote the event and support it because they were the charity of choice from the furry convention. 
Uh, I, I posted the uh, link to your Twitter page there. It's like, yeah, you can read it and see the pictures of the dogs and the furries. Like, the dog got into it, but then there was, like, a certain time, like, the dog freaked out. He's like, oh, my God, what the hell? <laughs> oh, my, I have to go look. I have to go look. Oh, my gosh. We need to start posting a resources section underneath uh, or with our blogs, uh, with, with the podcast, because we have so many links. Um, one of my favorite videos to show how misunderstood the kink community was was uh, i believe it was last year there was a fire at the hotel where they were hosting a uh furry convention convention. now obviously well the fire was in the evening so people were kind of winding down and doing you know a little bit more of their fun stuff so Outside of the hotel is an entire line of people, and I'm talking a block long, of furries. You know, some dressed up in the full outfits, some with partial outfits, some with ears, some with the whole headgear on. That is that 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 that's some not, in lingerie. And that is not the funny part. <laughs> that was not funny at all. In an act of what I called almost unforgivable journalism, the <laughs> announcer. And I don't, I don't recall if this was Fox or CNN. I believe no. it was Fox. No, yes. no, I don't think it was Fox. I think it would, it might have been CNN. Yeah, I'll have to look it up, and I'm going to have to post it for you. Basically, gave the announcement. So she read, she read off of the teleprompter, and there was the video of the pictures. And then when her segment was over, it switched over to the guy across the desk from her. And apparently, she didn't know what a furry was. So she turned to someone else next to her and asked. And when she got the answer, she lost it. This girl was laughing. And I felt so bad because no one deserves to be laughed like that. And I just thought that that was a a horrible disservice she had done. Oh, my God. Did she know her mic was hot? They well, were live. They were live. It was MSN NBC. It was MSNBC. NBC. Yeah. Okay. I, apo- I apo- oh, Yeah. All right. Uh, Hear this once. I'm apologizing to Fox News. Let, <laughs> let, let, let's move on. It was MSNBC. Who? Yeah. I'm not apologizing to at all. Um, yeah. But no, it was like a desk with three people or four people on it, and she just couldn't stop laughing at it. And again, it was just bad experience for everyone involved. Was she laughing because she was like envisioning? Like I'm trying to do benefit of the doubt. Was was she laughing because she's envisioning people running out in basically mascot outfits, and it's just not something she was used to? No, no, My she she just point, yeah no. When you see the uh, news clip, I'm posting it to your Twitter. You'll understand. Yeah, yeah. I'm terrified. Um, oh like, no it's um, worth watching it, it, it is it's hysterical <laughs> to say the least but very like disgusting at the same time so like on one hand i can understand because i know when i first found out about furries i was like what it was it was jarring to me but i was also like 21 and to me again kinky was we're gonna break out handcuffs so the, i could see how Someone who's not, ex- mm. you, nope, I'm going to stop trying. I'm gonna yeah, stop exactly. Trying. I'm going to stop. It, it, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I tried. I tried. You can say at least I tried. Yeah, like, it, you could definitely try. But yeah, it, it was one of those like she ran off hysterical and then the rest of the guys are still trying to continue on with the story in a professional manner while she just, yeah. Why didn't she just pull her mic? Just walk off, pull your mic, just... Because there's been moments where I, I've been confronted with stuff where I was like... I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm going to laugh so hard, I can't, but you compose, you, you find a way to compose yourself, or uh-huh. remove yourself from the situation. Well, what know. it brought me back to was, imagine if you, you opened your soul and told a therapist something that you had never told anyone else, and got and a similar laugh. response. Yeah, and... no, that's not, that's, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying that, that, that could be seriously damaging. Indeed, indeed. And I can't even humanize that moment, which makes me sad. I always try to like, and you guys do too. I'm not accusing you of not. I always try to see the other side because sometimes people aren't as bad as they're acting. But again, she had like so many opportunities. She could have just like pulled the mic and walked off and no one would have said boo to her. But anywho. I said it before, and like I said, I love the line, don't yuck on someone else's yum. Was it Dr. Jess who? That's Jess O'Reilly, yes. yes. But at the same time, I do understand it's hard, especially for new people. Because even for how involved I am, um, I heard something new this year Mm. called sploshing. Uh, And I'm like, okay, explain it. And I was told, well, it's it's having, you know, involving food and sex. And I'm thinking nine and a half weeks going, all right, that's hot. Um, <laughs> it, it, it takes it to a new level that yeah. I had never expected until I had seen it. And look, I love cake and cookies and whipped cream as much as everyone else. But um, the the couple I had watched, and it was on a video, really took this to, to a completely different level. I just at the point wasn't prepared for and it wasn't exactly repulsive. It was just one of those. I never even thought of doing that. <laughs> it, it never, it never occurred to me to grab a handful of whipped cream and slap it on someone's pussy and massage it in. Okay, well, I got a lot more to learn. <laughs> I the reason why I laughed is because um, splashing is. I wouldn't say it started off in the BBW community, but definitely like big beautiful women because some people argue and say big it's black beautiful woman but either way i'm black i'm half black so i i'm there i'm in, a bbbw I'm in, woman oh that actually has a different meaning but oh <laughs> we learned something new today i was just kidding i was just trying to make it funny um it, it may i don't know but like um it, a lot of food and Big, beautiful women tend to go together for some reason if someone has a fantasy about a bigger woman. And I'm not super... I wouldn't say I'm like, there's SSBBW. I'm not... Like, I can still shop in normal normal clothing stores. I don't have to go to, like, Lane Bryant. Not that there's anything wrong with that. So I'm kind of on this weird cusp. And I frequently... But I do frequently get people that are just like, oh, yeah, I just watch you eat a cheeseburger and rub it all over your face and, like, let it slather down your boobs. And I'm... I had this... This happen. And I'm doing... um, I'm on cam on Skype with one of my clients. And I did not know about this fetish until then. And 
so I did happen to have, um, I didn't have a cheeseburger, but I had to have like, like chili, wolf brand chili. And so I just quickly warmed that up, took some, um, hot dog buns and kind of sloppy Joe'd, uh, not a very good sloppy Joe, sloppy Joe'd it. And he was like, I would love to see this just all over you. And I'm like, well, um, why that's, that's mm-hmm. messy. <laughs> I'm not by a tub. And he's like, D- would you feel better if you moved the laptop to the tub? And I'm like, I could, but why? <laughs> and that's why I laughed at it as I, I thought of that moment where I, I had been introduced to uh, splashing and I had had no idea about it. And it's not my particular kink. And But there's nothing wrong with it. I just, I'm not a very messy person and I don't want like lotion for the first three seconds it's on my skin i'm like too much too much hurry up get rubbed in (laughs) well it's definitely not a a, a, what do you call it type a personality um fetish or a clean freak yeah no it's just like i'm all for about dirty sex but it's more like lube and maybe some other like lubricant or lotion massage oil versus food I accept lubricant as one thing and one thing only. <laughs> oh, come on. Massage and, oil. Come on. Yeah, massage oil is still like messy. I'm not, I'm, I'm that person. I don't like. Okay. Okay. I don't, it's just me. I just, it's me. It's a me thing. It's not a kink thing. Like, oh, I just, I don't, it feels messy. It feels messy. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I'll, I, I use it for the, it serves, it's a means to an end and it serves the purpose I need it to. But I do have to take a deep breath and be like, well, this will be over in a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. This won't be messy for too long, I promise. Uh, and this is why I can't take submissive calls, because I have thoughts like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm not a very good submissive. <laughs> uh, it's a personality trait, I'm sorry. It's okay. We all have it right there. We're, 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 you know, we could either be a dom, a submit, or a switch. So, all depends on our personalities. There. Hey, question: Are you still doing Exotica? Or I didn't go to the Chicago one because life. Uh-huh. But I am absolutely going to London, New Jersey. Tickets booked. Um, gonna be there with bells on. I'm so sad. There's not one in Miami. Um, <laughs> but you, you were the ones that enlightened me that it's no longer going to go back to Miami, but I, I have hopes. Like I'm not giving up on that dream that it'll come back. Well, we'll see. I think the organizers in, in the Bar- Broward County and Miami Dade have differences there. <laughs> Just slight, just slight differences. Just a slight there. I've got, I've got high, high apple pie hopes that'll come back. <laughs> so, what are the dates for New Jersey Exotica? Um, I, it's the weekend before my birthday. My birthday's on November 9th. Um, why, why must you ask me questions? I should know the answer to. It's um, your public appearances. Come on, your fans <laughs> want to find you. Hello. <laughs> it is. It is. Friday, the uh, November third through Sunday, November fifth. Fifth, okay, cool. And that's in Ed- Edison, Edison, New Jersey. Yes, yes, yes. 
I'm so excited. It's actually, I'm not going to lie, my first adult convention. Oh, um, wow. Oh, I wow. I know I'm Las Vegas, too, which is sad because AVN is, I could go knock on its door, and I still haven't, so. <sighs> and then we're moving in December, and I think AVN is coming back in January, so I'm going to have to fly back. Because, <laughs> because that's how my life's going, but we want to go to Florida, so. Yay! And then you'll be like two hours away from us then. Yep, and I'm going to grow gills again. Um, <laughs> that humidity. Yeah, the bad humidity. I know. I keep forgetting there. So <laughs> I, I actually, after this summer, I actually would prefer. I prefer your heat to the dry heat, truth be told. It's, it, it hit 107. I don't want to know. I don't want to admit that I know what 117 feels like. I, I don't. I don't think you should, huh? I describe it as go to the gym, walk into the hot sauna. But now imagine as you walk into the hot sauna, that's just outdoors. That's what Vegas is. <laughs> yes. And if you ask anybody like what the temperature is, they will lie. I actually learned that one of my um, my uh, one of my sister's friends works on the strip. They actively lie to people. If you're like on. <laughs> Like, if you ask the people on a tour that, like, one of the walking tours or whatever, what's the temperature, they tell you it's 10 degrees less because they think it's going to freak people out if they tell you, yeah, it's 117 right now. This is normal. This is fine. What are you freaking out about? <laughs> Just calm down, sir. Well, <laughs> the, the real funny thing is, if you go to the gym and you decide you don't want to feel what Vegas feels like, you want to feel what Florida feels like, you just go into the wet sauna, which isn't too much <laughs> off some days. Yeah, it's that's not... true. I, I, but at least there's trees and there's grass to look at. There and is. I remember, I remember we went out to Lake Mead and I was like, yes, we're going to the lake. This is so rocks. All it is is water surrounded by rocks. And I was like, this is not a, this is not a lake. I need to tell the people of Nevada stop calling this a lake. It's just mead. This is mead. <laughs> <laughs> just not... I was so disappointed. I was like, this is even. It's. I don't even feel better. I'm not. I'm not even happy about being here right now. Like, I would rather go home. Can someone like crush the rocks so we can pretend it's sand? I don't know. <laughs> Well, there was, there's like fake wannabe sand further up, but like Mead has receded far back because it's been a drought oh. that you're far, far away from the lake. If you are in the comfortable spot, no, no, it just, the boats, there's marina ports right by where you're sitting. You're sitting where the boats used to dock, but they can't anymore because it's too oh low water. It's bad. Anywho, so yeah. At least at least in Florida you can be like, well, there's trees. There's wildlife. If the grid ever went down, we could possibly still live and be fine. No, we're in a desert. Nope. Um <laughs> Anywho. Beautiful and... place to visit. Don't live here. Don't <laughs> Definitely. Well, we've gone again over time with you, but we had so much fun. That's okay. It's a blast. We, we, we appreciate chatting so much and catching up. So where could everyone find you? Um, if you want to give me a kinky phone call, I'm on, I want clips or I want phone, same website slash Amber Lee, A-M-B-E-R-L-Y. I'm also on Twitter 
at twitter.com slash Amberly PSO. And those are pretty, pretty solid places to find me. And my radio shows on the all pleasure network. Uh, it's called a view from the top and it's on Friday nights at 9 PM Eastern. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our show tonight. You can find us on our webpage, livinasexpositivelife.com, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on Living a Sex Positive Life, where you follow all our stories and adventures. You can find me on all social media as Miss Angelique Luna. And you can find me on Facebook and Twitter as John C. Luna. Please reach out and let us know how we're doing. Please like, share all our contents, leave your opinions, comments, complaints. We accept it all. But we also like to thank our sponsor, The Woodshed. You can find them on their webpage, thewoodshedorlando.com. And they're also on FetLife and Facebook, where you could see a lot of their events and promotions going on. So thank you very much for uh, joining tonight. (laughs) Thank you. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.